Good afternoon, Sunshines. Welcome back to the podcast. It has been a minute. Um, I'm actually solo today, so you'll just have to listen to me. Um, this is Haley, by the way, if you couldn't tell by my voice. I'm sure you guys know how I sound by now. But um, I'm here on a solo episode to give you guys my testimony. Um, so that's that's interesting and to say itself. Um, a little funny thing right now. I'm literally sitting in my car because I could not ever record in my house because my dogs are entirely too loud for that. And they will bark at least 25,000 times during the podcast. I'm not exaggerating. So we're not going to have them included in this so I'm sitting in my car Tyler's probably laughing at me but you gotta give the people what they want I'm just kidding I don't know if y'all want this or not but regardless you're about to hear it so a little update about our lives since we haven't talked to you guys for a while um Cassidy and I and Tyler of course started a small group and y'all I cannot even explain to you how good it's going um a lot of people have joined that I never would have really even imagined joining not because of the way they are or anything just because like we really never talked before and like I kind of stepped out in faith and asked a lot of people that I don't normally talk to and y'all it has just grown and grown to be so amazing I have just been blown away with what God is doing in our lives In other people's lives, I've just noticed such a change in all of us. Definitely me and Tyler and Cassidy, we have like genuinely grown so much in the last few months since we started meeting. So if you're local to the area, Auburn and kind of area, Auburn and Palaika, we live in Casita. We have it at our home. I'm not going to put my address out here for everybody to see, even though I did put it on Facebook. So I guess that's kind of bad and anyways so if you want more information on that please reach out to me on any of my platforms um obviously the sunshine podcast platforms would be a great way for you to reach out about it um we are so excited to see what god does through our small group it is called backwoods revival shout out to hayden for coming up with that um because we do live in the middle of the nowhere of nowhere and if you've been to our house then you know (laughs) but we're just people hungry for Jesus. So if you fall into that category, then this group's probably for you. Anyways, I did not come on here to advertise the podcast, but I just wanted to share what God was doing in our lives. So that has really held me accountable in my faith journey and just getting closer to God. And yeah, so anyways, nothing really special has happened lately other than that. So I had to keep y'all posted. So, I know y'all are probably like, Haley, hurry up and just get to the tea. So, if you're on here just to listen to the tea, then I'm glad you're here because at least you get to hear about Jesus. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But anyways, so this is going to be a lot. I have shared my testimony formally on Facebook once before, but it is not anything like what I have prepared to share with you guys today. Um, I shared a little bit more of my testimony from the face. I took the Facebook post and copied and pasted it and kind of added more to it and shared it at Backwoods Revival. So our group took turns sharing our testimonies to the group. And so I got really comfortable with these people and I allowed myself to be vulnerable. And after I 
told them my testimony, it just kind of opened up my eyes to like, every time I say it, it makes me become a little more free on the inside. So once I talk about it outside, it helps me with the inside. So I figured what a great way to get things off my chest than to share it with possibly the whole world. Obviously not a lot of people listen to this, but still you guys are about to hear a lot more about me than you probably bargained for. So buckle up for that. Um, also I just want to say I will be talking about a, a few people in my life that obviously have led me up to the point where I am now. I am in no way, or first of all, I'm not going to say any names unless they're like still applicable to me. So I'll definitely say Tyler's name, obviously Cassidy. Um, honestly, that might be it, but yeah, so I'm not going to say any names, but if you're, if you know me or know of me, then you probably know who I'm talking about. Just know that there's no shade towards anybody. There's no hate towards anybody. Complete love. Um, I was probably the victim in their story. Just like, well, I wouldn't say that. Anyways, anyways, let me not even get on the subject of that. But um, I definitely was not correctly acting, if you know what I'm saying. I was not in any way. Um, who I am today, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but I'm saying that I have been changed by the glory of God, and I do try more to be more like Jesus every day, so, um, yeah, so I'm not putting the blame on them by any means, but I am definitely going to share it because it's part of my story, and it's made me who I am today, so no shade to them, and if you know who they are, then it's not anything to stir anything up so don't go running and telling them if they are listening then hey guys <laughs> um glad you're here <laughs> jesus loves you anyways so i'm gonna start without further ado my testimony and i don't know how this is about to go because i added so much more to this than i shared on the backwoods revival so if you're listening to this you're one of the first people who's ever gotten a glimpse into my life like this so congratulations i guess um, anyway, so here we go. So I grew up in a somewhat typical household. My mom and my dad were together for my childhood years. We lived somewhat normal lifestyles. My brother and I would play Mario Kart, or sorry, Mario Brothers on the Wii while my parents screened at each other in the other room. You know, normal. I never went without. My family made a good living, so we grew up getting pretty much whatever we wanted. I was a spoiled child, don't get me wrong, but I was grateful. I got along the best I knew how with the weird dynamics of my family. My grandparents and my mom stayed true to Jesus throughout everything, but do not get it twisted. They were not perfect by any means. I grew up going to a small church down the road from my house called Pine Grove. I attended children's church, youth groups, retreats, and everything of the sorts. I always knew of God, but I never really knew God. I never had a relationship with God growing up. The first encounter I had with God was a retreat we went on with the youth group around 12 years old, but I had no idea what to do with it, and when we got back from the retreat, I let the little fire that was ignited completely fizzle out. I'm not going to go into my childhood too much because I don't want to bore you. I will go into this part, though. Oh, let me not cry. Okay. So... I definitely feel like this part of my story holds enough significance to be made known to you guys. And this is something that I left out 
of the testimony on Facebook and the testimony at Backwoods Revival. So this is my first time really talking about this like out loud. So if I cry, just bear with me. Thank you. Um, so the first time I shared my testimony, I shared it on Facebook. Like I said, I shared a lot of things that I'll talk about here. The second time I shared my testimony, I shared a more intimate version to my friends in our small group. Like I said, <laughs> this is the third time I'm sharing and I'm ready to get even more vulnerable. I found that every time I share, it loosens the grip that it had on me. This is something I've never really shared in this kind of way before. And it's probably one of the hardest things to share with anyone. But God has given me the authority over every situation, and I know this will help someone out there. Guys, this is definitely the ultimate goal of this is to, one, share the gospel, but two, to hopefully relate to somebody that might have gone through similar things or the exact same things that I did. And just so you can be aware how Jesus can help you throughout these situations. So anyways, back to the story. So I've always been a big girl. (laughs) I don't say that to be funny. But I've always just been a chunky girl. I never wore bikinis growing up. I never wanted to be in pictures with my friends. I never fit into the Abercrombie or Hollister clothes. Shout out to Air Apostle because they came through for the big girls. I've always been a plus size girl. This always bothered me, but it really started hitting hard in middle school when I made the cheer team. We were at uniform fittings and not a single uniform fit me whatsoever, y'all. I look like a busted can of biscuits in them uniforms. The school had to make custom-made uniforms for me while everyone else had to get their uniforms altered down because of all the because ha- all of the hand-me-downs fit them too big. Instead of being glad that I got brand new uniforms, this highly upset me. I'll never forget the tears I cried because I felt so pathetic for being a big girl. I felt like I stood out so much in all of my friend groups and especially on the cheer squad. I wanted so badly to be able to wear medium t-shirts and hand-me-down uniforms. I later caught wind that some older guys on the football team were calling me the fat cheerleader. Joke's on them, though. One of the guys calling me that wound up dating me. (laughs) Funny how that works, I guess. Anyways, this created an insecurity within myself that really never went away until I finally surrendered everything to Jesus. I would later find out that being insecure is like telling God he made a mistake. Let me let you in on a little secret. God doesn't make mistakes. He and his creation are perfect. But anyways, enough about that. Oh my gosh, y'all, I got through that without crying. Um, so yeah, anyways, my insecurity stemmed from a very young age. Um, so all in all... I lived a fairly normal life up until the point where I turned 15. All right, y'all. Here's where we get real vulnerable out here. But it's time to share my testimony in hopes that it reaches someone who may have been experiencing the same thing I was. Buckle up. My parents got a divorce when I was 15 years old. This led to some slight trauma. Nothing too crazy. But I had no idea how to comfort my mom at the age of 15 years old when my whole life was flipped upside down. Um, I'm not going to explain the situation out of respect for the people that were involved in this situation, but just know it was rough on everybody involved. Um, my, my brother and I were uprooted from my family land and family home and moved across town away from my grandparents. So I grew up living next to my grandparents until I was 15. So this was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do, considering how close I am with my grandparents. If you know me, you know, um, this broke my grandparents' hearts just as much as it broke ours. 
my mom and I started clinging really heavily to God. And that's when I started, started going to the church that I still attend to the day, to this day, Church of the Highlands. Shout out to Church of the Highlands. I thought I had everything figured out at this point. I was saved. I was worshiping God at church. I was even raising my hands in praise for him. I thought I was going to be pure and holy for the rest of my life. But then I exposed my very sheltered, very innocent self to the other side of the world. I had sex for the first time when I was 16 years old. They say that soul ties are real and I did not believe them or maybe I just didn't understand it. Either way, I allowed myself to lose my virginity at the ripe age of 16. If y'all knew me at that point, then you know that that was huge and crazy and what the heck because I was literally like a saint. Anyways, that opened my life up to a downhill, a downhill spiral. I let someone in who I had convinced loved me but realized very quickly that my 16-year-old brain had no clue what love was and could not comprehend the fact that 17-year-old boys just really liked trying to get in their girlfriend's pants. He then, very shortly after, told me that he cheated on me while he was at a party with some of his friends. My world was over in that moment, or so 16-year-old Haley thought. That was the first night I ever had a panic attack sitting on the toilet and bawling my eyes out to my very sweet mom, who tried everything she could to keep me on the path of righteousness. She had no idea that this little event would turn my life around for a very long time. So I basically just clung to the fact that maybe we could work things out, considering this was the guy who had shared a lot of very important firsts with me. Things didn't end up working out, of course. Up until this point in time, I had never so much as even said a cuss word, y'all. I was so innocent. <laughs> oh my gosh. I thought that since I had given up my virginity, it was time for me to explore other things that the earthly side of the world had to offer. I felt unclean, unworthy, unloved, and undemandable. I thought that since I had done the very thing that I had been preached to not to do for as long as I knew what sex was, I was no longer worthy of God's kingdom or his love. I let my very new relationship with God go because of this. So I had just started out 15 years old, and as soon as that happened, I gave up on him. But shout out to him because he never gave up on me. So anyways, I then started drinking alcohol and smoking marijuana at the very young age of 16. I thought it was something I should do since I was so innocent all my life. Oh, just live a little. I thought it would make me so cool and fun. I'll never forget the first time I got drunk. I chugged almost a whole bottle of Malibu because I had no idea it would completely ruin every bit of my stomach the next day. I was so sick, obviously. Who wouldn't be after chugging rum? I could gag just thinking about it. Oh my gosh, y'all. Ooh. I have no idea why that didn't stop me in my tracks, to be honest. But the feeling I had the night before somehow made me crave it again and again. It seemed like everyone liked me better when I was drunk, because that's what Satan does. He deceives you into thinking that his path is more fun and more fulfilling and gains you more popularity, more friends, and ultimately more happiness than any earth, than God could ever, than God ever could. Sorry, I got tongue-tied. After all, it seemed as if everyone thought I was just a boring little girl when I was going to church. Funny how this was just another lie from the enemy, but at the moment, I felt that so deeply. I thought drinking made me cool. I thought it made me fun and less of a prude, I guess you would say. 
I started experimenting with different things that would take the pain of not feeling enough away. My friends at the time were smoking weed, and I thought that would be a great way of taking the pain away, especially since it didn't make you sick like Malibu rum. <laughs> um, I started smoking, and I hardly ever stopped. That's actually how I met the guy that called me the fat cheerleader. Maybe he thought that smoking weed was cool, too. <laughs> just kidding, y'all. Just kidding. I promise. I, I just put that in there to make y'all laugh. I dated. We'll call him dude number two because y'all remember first dude. Virginity dude, you know. <laughs> that was not appropriate. Sorry. Um. So dude number two, we dated for the longest I dated anyone up until Tyler. He made me feel super small. Not physically. He still called me fat. <laughs> Weird because he knew he knew I was to begin with, obviously. Anyways, he was just not a nice guy and neither was his family at the time. Um, let me make it abundantly clear again that all of this has been squashed now, but this is my story and I can't leave out significant portions of it. We are both different people now and hopefully his family is too. I truly hope so. I really do. I prayed for that family. Um, I don't know many worse things than being 17 years old and terribly afraid of your boyfriend's mother. She would belittle me constantly, and little did I know, dude number two was agreeing with every word she said when I wasn't around. To this day, I still really have no clue why he dated me. Or why he wanted to be with me, honestly, if he felt so lowly of me. But that's seriously none of my business, and he was a lot of the reason that I found love for myself, so I know that had to be the reason he was ever in my life to begin with. One night after we had finally broken up because we knew neither of us were good for one another and there was absolutely no future for the for us together, he showed up to my house and cried in my bed for hours. We sobbed and held each other and wondered why this was happening to us. His mom showed up to my house just about beating my door down. That's pretty much how I knew it was time to move on, people. <laughs> Praise Jesus that he took me out of that situation at that moment. I never deserved that. I never deserved the way that those people talked to me or made me feel or just any of that in general. Praise Jesus. He took me out of that. Thank God he took it away. I really just say all of this to give you a tiny bit of context as to what I was dealing with in my very young, insecure years. In fact, I don't really think I've ever said this out loud, but that family drove me to my first ever suicidal thoughts. And I don't know if I want to call it suicidal thoughts, but it was definitely thoughts of wouldn't it be better to just not be here? Like, what if I just fell asleep and never woke up? I never got to the point where I wanted to actually do something about it, but I definitely felt like I didn't want to be on the earth anymore because of the way that I felt after that situation. Um, keep in mind, I was very insecure at the time, and that just kind of made it worse. Not kind of. It made it a lot worse because all of the degrading that they did to me um, while I was already in a really terrible state of mind. Yeah, that was just not good for my head, my mental health. So <laughs> um, I genuinely thought I'd be better off dead, basically, than for people to hate me. I couldn't fathom the fact that somebody actually hated me. It was crazy to me. Um. But it's honestly crazy to think about that now. So, lo and behold, after that situation, I went and found my old friends, alcohol and weed. And I let the temporary painkillers absolutely consume me. I fought it for years, but I would continuously go back to getting drunk or high on, on the weekends. At first, the weekends at first. 
When I was 18, I moved in with my grandparents because my mom got married and I refused to live with a step-parent. My mom's no longer married to this man, just for your information. <laughs> I think this was probably the best thing for me at the time because although I was still living out my heathenous ways, at least I had Lady and Granddaddy preaching in my ear about it when they caught wind of the things I was doing. Anyways, shout out to Lady if you're listening. I started college directly after high school. I got around a completely new crowd. But at times, because I still lived at home, I still hung out with old friends from my hometown. Long story short, I got to the point where I was drinking every single night my sophomore year in college. I met a guy my so- I want to say my sophomore year. And I don't, I also, it's not really met a guy. Like I knew of this guy for a long time, but we became really close um, while I was in college. I don't really remember how or why, but anyways, um, I guess I felt weirdly connected to him because I have a fix it mentality and somehow I always cling to people that need saving. I'm, I was convinced that we were best friends while very much not doing friend like things. So that screwed my head up big time guys i'm in no way blaming this person we both had super messed up mentalities and thought that we were doing was what we were doing was both emotionally and physically healing and beneficial to us both y'all there is no such thing as friends with benefits you are either gonna catch feelings or things will get complicated i do not care what you say soul ties are real they can also be broken but we'll get to that So after that, um, I turned from, well, not after that, during that, I turned from alcohol to marijuana. I smoked every single day, multiple times a day for about six months. I liked the way that it temporarily relieved my stress, anxiety, and my pain. But then the high would wear off and I'd be back to square one. I knew there had to be something better. I always had God in the back of my mind. I never stopped saying that I loved God, but I didn't have a single clue what that meant. I had no sort of relationship with him whatsoever. I went to church occasionally and shared Bible verses on Facebook. I thought that was being, I thought that's what was being a Christian. Or I thought that was what being a Christian was supposed to be like. I thought that was going to fulfill me. I thought that was it. Boy, was I so wrong. Let me just pause here to say that I'm not saying all of this to put down those who drink alcohol, smoke marijuana, have friends with benefits, anything of the sorts. I'm saying that me, I personally use this stuff to cope with the struggles of life, hoping that it would make everything better. Hoping that I'd have more friends, desperately desperately longing for belonging in people. I thought this stuff would fulfill me, but I knew I was missing something. I always had some kind of hole in my heart. I knew there just had to be a better way, but I had not the first idea what it could be. So keep in mind, this was all happening while I was in college, and I cannot believe I somehow kept my GPA up. I literally have no idea how I did it, y'all. I was literally drinking every night, would wake up and go to my 8 a.m. classes, and I had to drive 30 minutes to college, so imagine how hard that was when you're hungover. Um, I knew it had to be God. I knew that it had to have been God, the reason that I kept my GPA up and I kept somewhat of a good um yeah a good gpa basically so i knew it had to be him but i was not ready to surrender everything quite yet i thought that i could still look for fulfillment in love and hope and 
just everything of the sorts. I thought I could find it in alcohol, marijuana, and people. I did this off and on until I was about 20-ish, I think. But God, I quit drinking and smoking hardcore right before I met Tyler. I knew it was time to start getting serious about my studies and my life. So I was a, I was like towards the end of my sophomore year, I want to say. Maybe. Maybe beginning of junior year. Or it was the summer before junior year because me and Tyler met in May. He swiped right. Or we swiped right. <laughs> For you, those of you that don't know, we met on Tinder. Anyways, so I prayed to God. Y'all, this is probably one of the most um, intimate prayers I had had with God ever. But I prayed to him and I asked him to send me a good man in my life. Because at the time I thought that that's what was going to save me. But anyways, um, wow, if he did not send me a good man, y'all. I've talked about this on the podcast previously. And this was in my wedding vows. But I did pray to God that he would send me the one for me. I asked him to send me a man that would see past my flaws and would love me for me. I didn't understand what I had done to deserve Tyler since I had been living in the ways of the world for so long. But God's timing is so incredibly perfect. It is so perfect. I spent June 2020 through November 2022. Hold on, guys. My car shut off and it's hot. So sorry that y'all had to hear that. Anyways. Um, back to the story. I spent June 2020 through November 2022 thinking that I knew God. Um, but little did I know I was just your regular everyday lukewarm Christian. About November of 2022, I decided I was done being a lukewarm Christian. I wanted a relationship with God. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to just know of him. I wanted to be his friend. I surrendered everything to him. I literally handed everything to him. I cried out for him to just take it all away. And he did just that. Guys, I don't know how to explain the love that he has poured out on me, but I'll try my very best for you guys. He has truly made me brand new. I go to church now because I want to. I look for every possible way there is to serve him because I want to. I share the word of God because I want you to feel the true feeling of being redeemed and set free. I started the Freedom Track through Church of the Highlands. So this is like a small group that our church does. And it's, I want to say, 13 weeks. And then there's a Freedom Conference at the end. It will change your life. 10 out of 10 recommend if you live near Church of the Highlands. Even if you don't go to Church of the Highlands, I highly recommend this kind of small group. It is amazing. You will let things go that you don't even know that you need to let go. Anyway, so I started that, and there I learned that there was a way to surrender my past. All of my wrongdoings, the soul ties, the hardships, the putting everything before God, even the generational curses. I broke all of that off of me in Jesus' name. I had no idea the freedom I could experience from Him until I went through the Freedom Small Group. He truly took it all away from me, y'all. Every single bit of it. He reached out a gentle hand when I felt as if I wasn't worthy. He took me in His arms and He set me free. He reminded me that I was worthy of his love, no matter my past. Jesus died for the version I was at 16 through 20, where I was battling addiction to things, the version I was at 21 to 22, where I was just a lukewarm Christian, and the version I am now, completely, totally in love with Jesus. Having a relationship with the Lord is absolutely supernatural. That's the best way I can explain it. I can't even begin to explain the fulfillment he's given me. I couldn't have ever found this type of fulfillment in any sort of earthly thing. 
He fills me with his love and has created such a beautiful version of me that I never want to lose. I'm in no way perfect, y'all, but I am definitely better than where where I was then. I will never go back to that person, ever. That old life full of chasing that feeling is over because I found that feeling in Jesus. If he can save me, then I promise you he can save you too. I'm not a perfect person. Being a Christian doesn't make you better than anyone, but it 100% makes you better off. I'm so, 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 so grateful he never gave up on me. Although I gave up on him time and time again. He has set my feet on solid ground and I've never felt so joyful or free in my entire life. He died for me knowing I may never want him. I will live for that. And as that beautiful song says, the enemy thought he had me, but Jesus said you are mine. The enemy is a liar, friends. He will tell you anything he possibly can to keep you right where he wants you. I'm not saying that having a relationship with God will be easy, but oh, will it be worth it? Living life on the path of righteousness will come with hardships and tons of spiritual warfare. In fact, if the enemy isn't trying to fight against you, it's probably because you're going in the same direction as him. I have head-on collisions with the enemy every single day. I'm so thankful that I have the banner of victory to fight my battles. He has already won, friends. He has won the war, and you can win too. It's super easy. Just hand it to God, and he will meet you exactly where you are. Honestly, what are you waiting for? (laughs) I say all of this to say God is a healer, a transformer, a redeemer, and what the enemy meant for evil, God uses for good. My story could have ended up a lot differently had I not chosen the path of righteousness. It's a narrow road, but the end result will be so incredibly worth it. I love that Jesus uses my stories in all its chaotic moments for good. So <laughs> that was the re- the written version. So I wrote it to so I wouldn't leave anything out. But um, I got to thinking as I was finishing up. And I just want to say, um, I feel like I left out a lot of when Tyler and I were on the journey of our faith journey, I guess you, I want to say. So when Tyler and I met, we were not, I mean, we both said that we were Christians, but we were both very much lukewarm Christians. Tyler grew up in church, a very different church than I did. So he kind of grew up in an older, um, pretty much the average age of his church was about 65 or 70. Honestly, let's go with 70 because that's probably more accurate. But the man knows about the Bible. That man knows more about the Bible than probably any of us in Backwoods Revival, (laughs) to be honest. Tyler can quote things and like talk about Bible stories and stuff like that. And I'm just like, how do you know these things? Because obviously, like we're still pretty new to the to the whole thing. But um, yeah, he knows a lot about the Bible. So but just recently did we start really living it (laughs) out. So, um, dang, it's almost been a year since I dove all in, went all in with Jesus, but gosh, I'm so thankful. But anyway, so after we got married, we never had a bad relationship, but obviously when you don't have God at the center of your relationship, it's not going to be a hundred percent great. So, um, once we started going on our faith journey, we really just kind of pray every day, you know, that God stays in the center and that we 
purposely try to make sure that he stays at the center because he's not just going to do what you ask him to do unless you put in some of the work yourself. So Tyler and I really started diving in about November of 2022, I want to say. So um, since then, our marriage has grown so much closer. Obviously, I've talked about it before, but we're now on on the journey of infertility. And um, it's been about a year and a half now since we started trying. And um, God has been with us every step of the way. I honestly don't think that, or I know I couldn't get through this without God. Um, He gives me strength every day. I ask him to make sure that I remember that God's timing is always right. His timing is better. His plan, not mine, but Lord, is it hard. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's not. So um, I don't say all of this to say that when you ask Jesus to become your Lord and Savior and you ask Jesus in your heart that everything's just going to magically become better. I mean, perfect, sorry, but it will become better. So it won't be perfect, but it'll 100% be better than it was. And you'll actually have something to live and strive for. I mean, I just, I don't know how to explain it other than to just give it a shot. Because a year ago, I was like, okay, like my pastor always said, just go on your, just go on a year's worth of spiritual journey and see where it takes you. Just give me a year and I promise you it'll change your life. I was like, okay, PC, whatever. Like, you just have to say that you're the pastor, but. Y'all, I'm not kidding you. My life has completely flipped around. I I find so much joy in the small things. I see where God is working in the things that don't really make sense to me. I can see God working in everything. I just, my eyes have been opened so much to the spiritual realm of things, I guess, I guess I could say. Um, God has just completely turned everything around. I mean, Cassidy and I thought we would never become friends again. And look at us hosting a podcast together, hosting a small group together. I mean, we're, she's truly my best friend, my sister in Christ. And it really feels like my sister in the real world, in the real world too. So, and I left out the part about Cassidy and I's fight and stuff because you guys have already heard it in the first episode, but obviously that was a huge part of my testimony as well. But thank God for um, forgiveness and, and Jesus's love and grace that he poured out on our friendship. And now we get to live out our days together and be besties again. (laughs) And I'm so thankful for that. I will never have a friend like Cassidy ever again. So I'm so thankful for her and this journey that we've taken together. She kind of went, started, um, her faith journey kind of by accident at the same time we did. Well, there, that's not an accident. It was God for sure. But um, crazy how that works and God works all things for good. So everything that I told you guys was really hard for me to say out loud. And I think it helped me to be like guided by reading it instead of just talking about it. So I was like kind of focused on that rather than the emotions that come with it. But um, God uses my story for good. So I know that somebody's listening to this right now and you probably have experienced or are still experiencing some of the things that I talked about. And I just want to say that Jesus will meet you right where you're at. You don't have to put on some kind of fancy um, persona or persona, however you say that word. He will meet you right where you're at and he will pick you up and he will turn you around and he will place your feet on solid ground. And um, I just want to say like, if you have any questions about that, please feel free to reach out to me. I don't say that because 
I want like publicity or whatever from this podcast. Hard, Like I said, hardly anybody listens to this. I'm just saying this because I genuinely want you to know how it feels to be loved by Jesus. And you are loved by Jesus. And I wish you would just realize that if you don't. Um, he will create so much better of a person in you. I am no longer insecure like I used to be. I'm still insecure and I still fight with that daily, but I'm not anywhere like I used to be. I don't look in the mirror and just like cringe because I know that I'm God's creation. He created me to be more. And I just want to say that I'm so thankful for that. And if you're listening to this and you resonated with anything that I said, feel free to reach out to me. I would love to talk to you about it, pray with you about it. And matter of fact, God's really put it on my heart to pray for you guys right now. And I don't know if that's going to be weird because I'm literally just praying in my car and I have no idea who's going to listen to this, but I really just feel like I need to pray for you guys. So if that's okay with y'all, I guess I'm going to pray for y'all. Dear God, thank you for today and thank you for all of your many blessings, God. Thank you for using me as a mouthpiece for your kingdom so that I can share my testimony in hopes that somebody will hear it and just know that they're not alone and they have somebody that they can relate to and Jesus loves them despite their flaws and their anything that they have that might be against you, God. Thank you so much for covering us in your blood so that we do not have to even think about our past God thank you for our future and I thank you for all the advanced blessings that you have coming towards us God I just thank you for all of your God's children and just thank you Jesus for your creation thank you for making me a new creation God I just pray for every person under the sound of my voice that they will have blessings bestowed upon them that they cannot understand that will surpass any understanding God I pray for joy and peace and love And God, just all of the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God, I just pray for every single person listening to me. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to say thank you so much if you've listened this far. Um, I can't believe I just shared all of that. And there's probably so much that I left out, but I feel like I definitely didn't leave out anything that God needed for you to hear today. So. Thank you for listening, and I will catch you guys soon. Hopefully, Cassidy will be on next time and will join me. So, thank you so much, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.